All right. Uh, again, welcome to worship this morning. If you're just joining us online, uh, I want to just celebrate that you are here today. And I do want to wish you a happy, I almost said Thanksgiving. Oh, goodness. <laughs> we, it's like we don't even know what day it is anymore, but happy Valentine's Day. And I hope that beyond um, the, you know, the kind of the, the romantic sense of things, that you have an opportunity to, one, to know how incredibly loved you are, and two, to be able to show someone else or some other folks in your life how much they are loved and that your love is part of that. So I hope that you have a chance to do that. Um, You might not be able to tell quite as much if you're online with us, but we are this morning a work in progress. As we we are transitioning a a visual concept here on the stage and going through some things. So if it seems a little bit messy or a little bit uh, not quite sure what you think, um, we're getting there, but there has been an extraordinary amount of transitioning we've done in in this uh, in this past week, and to the point that there's this um, major like lift in one of the worship wings where I usually get ready, and I was so tempting to like bring that lift out this morning, read God's word, and then like put it on the lift and be like, let's elevate the word of God, <laughs> right? <laughs> okay, I just made people sick. Um, that's not good. So anyhow, um, but uh, it's really exciting to always see things coming together and moving forward. And um, okay, so we are in our first week of a brand new series, and it's Love Like That. Now, I love that some of you approached me along the way as I was talking about Love Like That, and you realized it was on Valentine's Day, and you're like, oh, is it going to be like a couple's thing? And I'm like, you're safe. It's not a couple's thing. In fact, it is a couple's thing, but it's a great big thing much bigger than that. It's about loving like Jesus. And so that affects couples. That affects your relationship with your children, with your parents, with your coworker, with your enemy, your neighbor. You name it, it applies. And so yes and no. But ultimately, what we want you to know that it is loving like that, loving like Jesus. And um, it's really important for us to distinguish, though, that it is not us loving like Jesus, like loving like a Christian. That's not the point we're driving home. And it's also not loving like the church says we should. That is also not the point that we'll be driving home with this series. Because here's the problem. We as humans sometimes get Jesus and the church and being a Christian mixed up. To the point that we start actually behaving more than we end up following you see what I'm saying here? That, um, that we, we get this idea of what a Christian should be, what the church says, how we should act, that we start then trying to follow and behave the right way instead of follow the right way. The problem is when we behave a certain way, then we're following a set guideline of rules and things like that where it, it becomes our culture and, and, and our behavior as opposed to following It's dynamic. You're following a person named Jesus who is continually doing new and different and surprising things in the world today. So that's a huge difference. It's following a person. So with that, over the next five weeks, we're going to dive into five different areas of loving like Jesus. The first being mindful. Second, approachable. Third, graceful, fourth, 
is, is going to be um, bold. And then finally, self-giving is our last scope of this focus. And I have said this, but I just want to encourage you one more time here this morning that, to, uh, that you should take the survey. So you can go to lovelikethatbook.com and then you'll find the Love Like That test. And uh, we are in, inviting you to enter in that code so that you can track it. So it's LLT. H-C-N-E. So that way you can actually see where your heart is at the beginning of this and how the Spirit grows your heart through the end of this. Uh, you, you will not regret it. So I invite you to take that test, take that survey today, and, and watch how your heart grows. We're going to do that over these five sessions. Now, this morning, though, is all focused on one question. Before we get to anything else about how Jesus loved or what that looks like, we're focusing on the one question as why. Why are we doing this? Why am I supposed to love like Jesus? Why would I want to? Now, for some of you, I, I totally get it. Some of you are like, um, that's a, that seems like a no-brainer, right? Like, Jesus is like the greatest person in the world, like no sin, like saved the world through his own sacrifice, like... We're just supposed to, right? Like, um, like, it's always been that expectation or just, you know, it's a no-brainer or you're a rule follower and so this feels comfortable and, and energizing to you. Or perhaps you've even seen a really good example of someone else in your life or some others in your life who have loved like Jesus to the best of their ability and that has instigated a pattern in your own life that has just kind of put you in motion. And so all of this is like, well, yeah, like I don't quite do it very well, but yeah, that seems like what we should be trying to do, right? But there are others of us in the room, and it may be you, and it's, it's me, and it's a lot of us, and it might even be those of us who say it's a no-brainer might actually also realize there's another part of us that, that has some resistance to this. Because loving like Jesus is great in theory. It's great in theory. Like, that's, that's amazing. It would be incredible. But in reality, it just doesn't quite seem to really match up to our lives. The first thing is that um, a lot of times when we look at the way Jesus loved and the way that he behaved and the way we've told the stories, loving like Jesus seems like it would be far too weak of a way to be in the world, far too submissive, that if we actually loved like Jesus and responded to people the way he did, we would get trampled over. So, we can, you know, I mean, sure, it's great, but it's just not going to work for the rest of us. Or um, it might, we, we're afraid that it might actually whitewash our personalities, right? That it, it might actually, that because we talk about self-denial is a part of Jesus' love, and that if we're denying ourselves constantly, it's like being on a really, really stringent diet for the rest of your lives, Y'all know about diets, right? Like, you can do a diet for 30 days, maybe 40 days, and actually have it work out. But after that, baby, it's like, it's back to, it's back to the good stuff. But thinking about loving like Jesus for the rest of your life is like saying no to things that you love to eat for the rest of your life. Like, it's just, ah. Like, 
I, I can't do that, you know? And we start thinking about, like, the teacher's pet. Like, by the way, I, was, I never succeeded at being the teacher's pet. Um, my parents are here, and they're like, yeah, yeah he didn't. <laughs> um, and so, like, when I would see the teacher's pet, and, I, like, if you were that teacher's pet, like, I mean no offense to this, but, like, I always saw the teacher's pet as, like, man, they're always, they, they, they know how to behave right, they're super smart, they te- please the teacher, and they treat everyone right, you know, and they get in the gold star, like, 20 times a week, you know, like, like that was super annoying to me, because I felt like I could never succeed to that level, and so I kind of just gave up. So, you know, sometimes when we think about loving like Jesus, we kind of get that in our minds. There are three other reasons that we might actually have some resistance to this. When we think about Jesus' love, Jesus loved perfectly. And so it almost feels arrogant or inappropriate that we would actually say, yeah, I'm going to love like Jesus. I just Give me five weeks and I'll be there. Like, how arrogant could we possibly be? It's impossible to be perfect like Jesus, right? So, therefore, we can't do it. Um, and if we reach really deeply, um, we might even find that our natural response is like, what are we talking about my love for? I'm doing fine. It's the other people who need to learn to love more like Jesus. My love's fine, but this person, this person, this person, the way they treat me. So we see that... We're doing good enough. It's the rest of the world that needs to, you know, get some Jesus in their life. Um, and then finally, um, depending on what circles we travel in, depending on who we work with, who our neighbors are, who, whose lives, whose perfect lives we have put in front of our own um, to, to say that's how I want my life to look, depending on how that is, we often might say, well, you know what, like, they're not loving like Jesus, and they seem to have everything going on in their lives that I wish I had going on in my life. So if they're not doing it, then why should I? You see, that when we start digging into it, um, we realize that there's, there's a lot more resistance than we first realized. It's a lot of work, friends. It's cause, this requires changes. This requires us to actually dig in and apply some disciplines that we may not like. We're not a culture that really likes to feel constrained or restrained, right? So there's all sorts of reasons why we should not be doing this study. And I just gave you like eight of them, so there you go. Let's go, <laughs> right? Um, but here's, I want to share two stories here that have to do with snow that may um, help you reframe why we're entering into the study and why we need it. So you remember that big, that big snow Monday, right? Uh, you're like, how could I forget it? And the rest of you are like, I'm trying to forget it, <laughs> right? Okay, so like 15 inches that Monday, and I decided, I was at home, and, and we were all at home, and I decided to split up my day. I was going to work really hard and get sermon stuff and staffing and everything in motion and get that taken care of, and then I would take the rest of the day, and I was going to go out and just get in it because I love snow. I, I, I know you don't like that about me, but I love snow. So, um, so I finally finished everything up. The kids were in bed, and I Scrapped on all my gear. I was like, I'm out of here. And the first thing I wanted to do was go help my in-laws clear their lot. They live about, you know, a couple miles away. They've got this great big driveway, and they've got, they're on a corner lot, and all they had sh- were shovels. And I was talking at my snowblower, which is uh, broken <laughs> now, but, you know, whatever. Um, and so I was like, I'm going to come clear your walks. 
And I was so excited. So I got my car, loaded up my snowblower, was driving down there. And about halfway there, I ran into this intersection where there was a guy that was stuck in his van. And there was another guy out there, you know, just like trying to get him unstuck. And like, like, there was like, you know, should I get out? Should I not? But I was like, of course I should. I got time. It's going to be so fun. So I get out and, um, and I start, you know, pushing and whatever. And the, and the guy that was helping was like, I'm so glad you got out. And he's like, do you know how many cars have driven by and you're the first person? You know, I'm like, oh, well, you know, I was like, yeah, no, I'm just kidding. So I was like, yeah, we're going we're gonna to do this. So we're pushing, we're pushing, and not getting a lot of luck. So then the helping guy gets in his car and is like, okay, I'm just going to like bumper him up and then just push him through, you know? And so, yeah, so he gets stuck. So, <laughs> so now two cars are stuck in this intersection. And then um, it turns out here comes this other little car, definitely not equipped to be in this deep snow. And you know, and like it turns out to be a neighbor across the street. And so she pulls in it and stuck. So I'm like, well, this is cool. So then uh, the three of us, the helper, the guy that got stuck in me, we go over and we're like, ah. And before I knew it, like, um, there was three of us and then there was a fourth guy. And all of a sudden he's like, hey, I'm Chris. I'm, I just live in that house down there. He's like, do you guys live around here? And then we're all like, well, you know, we're just kind of driving through, you know. He's like, we're like, okay, well, let's get her unstuck. And so we like pushed her as a light car. Um, it, we pushed her into her driveway and we're like, yeah. And then we're like, okay, well, let, we're going to go and get this guy unstuck. And the next thing we knew, so um, Chris, you know, he, you know, we're meeting and we're all talking about each other's names and we're just like, okay, let's go get them unstuck. And then the gal that got unstuck, like suddenly she showed up. And like, and so that was like, was like I, I'm losing count by now, but there's like five of us. And so we get the first helper guy, we get him unstuck. But as we're doing that, the mail carrier, you know, and one of the, little, the boxy ones is like, and like, we're blocking the intersection. Boom, he's stuck. So, so we stopped trying to get the helper guy unstuck and that like, we all go over to the mail carrier and then suddenly there's another guy and he doesn't speak English. But we're like, all right, let's do this, you know? And so, like, we're getting there, and the, and the mail carriage just zzzz, And finally, after about 10 minutes, we get him unstuck and on his way. And we're all like, yeah! And then we go back over to the original guy, and then there's another guy. And he's like, oh, you know, my wife and I were just walking the dog, and we just figured we'd help out, you know? And so, like, so we get that guy unstuck. And then finally, we get over to the guy, and then I look around, and there's eight people. There's two women. There's one guy who doesn't speak English. We have no idea what his name is. He was probably Jesus, because he seemed a lot stronger than the rest of us. And, like, he was, like, standing on the snow. It was really crazy, right? Uh, I'm being funny, but like, I'm seriously, you never know when Christ is showing up, okay? And so like, there's eight of us, there's two women, there's like, like we, we got all, all colors, and white, and brown, and black, and you know, just like, and, and we're exchanging names, like, except for Jesus, you know, he's uh, remaining anonymous, and, and so like, we finally, we get the, the helper guy unstuck, and then we get the last car, one, two, three, and we move in, one, two, three, and finally we got it, and like, and then we all like circled up, and we're like, yeah! And like, no one was, no one cared a moment about who was given who COVID. No one cared a moment about our skin color. No one cared about our genders. What happened in that moment was we were humans coming together to do something good for others. We were soaking wet, cold, 
I was telling one guy, like, hey, make sure you don't lose your footing because it's really easy to, like, hit your face on the car. Only then a minute later to, like, lose my footing, and I bashed my face, and I had, like, blood running down. You still see me this cool little scar here. Like, you know, like, like, we didn't care. And we all in that moment were like, this is humanity created in the image of Christ. Or at least I was, right? And Jesus disappeared. Um. <laughs> okay. Two days later, um, as my first time, I'm venturing out um, beyond that that first day, and uh, we got a wedding or a funeral at the church here that we're getting ready for, and, and um, so I'm getting down to the church, and I'm, I'm like, I'm gonna take my the black sedan, right? Like it's just a little lightweight sedan, and my wife is like, I don't think that's a good idea. You're gonna get stuck. Like it's still deep out there, and I'm like, oh no, I'm. Uh, if, a, if, a, if I'm a, a sedan can do it, you know, like I know how to drive that baby, like watch this, you know, so um, I get a block and a half and I'm stuck, <laughs> and I was like, oh man, like this is so embarrassing, but then before I knew it, like Jesus showed up, and, um, and he's from Texas this time, and he's like, yeah, you know, like my parents bought me this cool truck, and I don't even know how to drive in the snow, but I'll help you out, so we're getting there, and then like, you know, I'm digging with my snow scraper, and it's super embarrassing, but, uh, but then like this other truck shows up, and it's a work truck, and there are these four burly dudes in, their, in this truck, you know, and they pull over, and I'm like, Ah, here it is, the kingdom of God, like part two, it's going to happen. And then get the, I, I, like this moment just like stopped, like all the air just whew, went out. They rolled down the window and the guy goes, 20 bucks, we'll get you out. And I was just like, I was so like getting ready for kingdom of God part two. I was like, what? And he goes, if you give us two, 20 bucks, we'll, we'll get you out of here. And I just, I just like looked at my car, and I looked at Jesus back there from Texas. He had long hair, um, and I was just like, "Nah, go ahead. We got this." You see, one of these moments, like uh, uh, now, I have to be clear, like the entrepreneurial spirit there. I got to give it to them. Like, that was good, right? Like, like you're, you're taking what you get, what you got, and you're giving it to the greatest need that people have, right? Like, I mean, that's a great way to make money. That's a, that's a, a model that will not fail. But in the greater picture of things, one of those instances, one of those stories was loving like Jesus. And even if I would have given that guy 20 bucks to get me unstuck, the reward that the eight of us had on Monday would always far outweigh the 20 bucks. So as we dig into love like that, the next five weeks on that context of what it looks like to love like Jesus is going to be explored through those four or those five topics and those five different approaches. And, um, and the, the point is this morning when we talk about why do we want to do this? Friends, when we put on the love of Jesus, when we make our love as close to his as we possibly can, incredible things happen. Look what Jesus says. Luke's gospel, this is chapter 6, verses 35 and 36. Jesus says, but love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. 
Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. First of all, Jesus says, like, when you're practicing the love I've got, which is love for enemies, love for the wicked um, people who already have a lot and you're giving more to them, when you love like that, there's a reward. And it is good. It is life-giving. It will fill you up to overflowing when you love like I do. And when you do, Jesus says, you are reiterating your title as a child of God and your nearness to the God who created you, who loves you more than you can comprehend, is that much closer, that much more real, that much more intimate, that much more personal to you. What a beautiful, what a beautiful picture Jesus paints. Peter, writing to the exiles. They got kicked out of their home. A lot of them are being tortured and punished, and the rest of them, a lot of them are getting killed. Like, everything has been taken away from them, and they're living in a, in a place that's completely foreign, and they're, like, they're kind of like the rubbish um, scene in, in where they're at. And Peter, he speaks to him this way, and he's talking in the way of Jesus. This is 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 8 through 10. And Peter says, hey, listen, above all, above all these other things that you're encouraged to do because you are following Christ. Now, you're not like obeying um, a, a set of Christian ways. You're, you're following Jesus. And this is what it looks like in exile and anywhere else. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a, a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. And Peter says, look, when you choose love in this way, you're covering up sins. When we talk about our own sins, you're right. We are imperfect people, and we got a lot of uncool stuff going on here. There's a lot of us that we are chasing after, trying to placate and satisfy. But when love happens, it compensates for all that stuff in there. It compensates for it. And it allows us to be beautiful people in Christ's image, regardless of all the stuff that's going on in here. It covers a multitude, a multitude of sins. Additionally, as a humanity, as God's creation, we were born into sin and sin rules in our lives. And yet as humanity, over all the ways that we treat each other unjustly and cruelly and unfairly and, and build each other or break each other down to build ourselves up, all of those ways as a humanity, when we love, it overrides all the other stuff. It wins. Paul writes in Colossians chapter 3, verses 14 and 15, and he says, over all these virtues, all the virtues that we are called to, that Jesus is exemplifying for us, of all of these virtues put on love, which binds them together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful. You see, when we love like Jesus does, it binds things together. It binds virtues. It binds efforts. It binds people together. 
in humanity. It brings unification to people who are different, who see things from different directions, who have different political stances, who have different theological understandings. It unifies us. And when there is unification, there is peace. When we are unified, there is peace. That's why Paul also says in Ephesians, he says, let the, let the bond of the Spirit bring you together. Now, I'm, not, I'm not quoting that right, but today uh, you'll have to trust my, my theologian words here uh, in Ephesians 4. That everything is bound together by the unity of the Spirit in peace. It matters and it brings us together. So that's why we love. And so uh, on your worship outline this morning, if you're following along on what we want to share with you this morning, loving like Jesus is ultimately life-enriching and spiritually edifying and illuminating. Just like those scriptures teach us, it is life-enriching. Jesus says there's a reward and it brings us life. And it is spiritually edifying that the Spirit will be among us. And it is illuminating. The world lights up when our love is such. Furthermore, let's look at this next one. It, when we love like Jesus, it fills us with grace. It makes us better people for ourselves and for others. And it brings resolution. It brings resolution to the many relational, political, racial, and religious errors that we often find ourselves stuck in. That's what happens. Friends, when we love like Jesus, when our, when our humanity lo- learns to love like Jesus, it brings us into the best versions of ourselves. We look at ourselves in the mirror and you, and you think, like, like, I just want to, like, I know I've been created to do things. I want to be the best version of, of, of that person. Let me do that. It gets rich. It gets good. So we know why. And it is impossible, but the Spirit of God enters moans for us and groans for us in ways we don't know and understand to help us along our way and brings us closer and closer to love like Jesus. And so over the next five weeks, again, a mindful like Jesus, approachable like Jesus, graceful like Jesus, bold like Jesus, self-giving like Jesus. Each week, we'll dive into this, and we will follow Paul's words by digging into and finding how God is loving and working in the world, how he is working and loving in in all these different situations, and letting that be our own. Listen to this. This is from Ephesians 5, and it really sets up what we're going to enter into starting next week, looking at Jesus' life and, and mimicking it for our own. And I love this as it's coming from the message paraphrase. This is, uh, this is just such a beautiful way to put this, but we are encouraged by Paul, Ephesians 5, watch what God does and then do it. Like children who learn proper behavior from their parents, mostly what God does is love you, keep company with him, and learn a life of love. 
Observe how Christ loved us. His love was not cautious, but extravagant. He didn't love in order to get something from us, but to give everything of himself to us. Love like that. So each week, we're going to dive in. And just like it says here up on the screen, let's go to the next slide. We're going to watch what God does. We're going to keep company with him. We're going to observe how he loved, and we're going to learn a life of love just like his. Furthermore, as, as, as it says, we're going to start looking in every place, every situation, every relationship, and all the scriptures, and agree to make the love that we discover our own. And friends, I don't know if you've ever done this, but I invite you to take inventory of your day, of your situations, of your circumstances, of what's going on around you, and say, God, where were you working and how were you loving in that situation? Oftentimes it's hard to love like Jesus because we're not seeing how he's loving. But I invite you to do that, to start taking inventory over the next five weeks. And I invite you to look past the miracles and the mercies, and the, and the kind gestures that you see that God's doing. Like, it will obviously acknowledge them, but to look even deeper. To look towards the way that God is loving through discipline, through challenge, through growing our character, through redirecting our steps. Then we begin to see the fullness of God's love. And it will bring us into an incredible maturity, an incredible love like Jesus. So next week, or over this week, I invite you to circle up with your life group. Or if you're doing this as a self-study, to circle up with yourself and circle um, a, a place on your calendar where you're going to just make time for this to be a priority. Um, and to read the introduction to your book, to also read chapter one on mindfulness and how, to be, and how Jesus is mindful. Um, there is a video that is accompanied with the workbook. We have extra workbooks and books available. If you don't have yours yet, they're available. You can reserve one or, or buy one today if you're in person and jump on the study with us however you can because we're doing this as an all-church kind of study and, um, and let that all be your material. And then next week, I'm going to take us even deeper into mindful, and, and we're just going to let this take us into a new place. But before we go, I want to invite you to consider these questions. These are questions that I'm, I'm encouraging you right now. Circle up with someone on your way home. Get in the car, warm up so your lips move again, and, the, and have these conversations. Find your life group people. Find people that you can converse with on this. First question is, what is your motivational level for loving like Jesus? Take an honest inventory. Where, where am I actually at? And then be able to name your resistance. It's probably within one of the eight things that I even named already. Second question. What places are new to you for looking for God's love? What do your looking practices look like? So just like I said, if you want to see what God's love, what Jesus' love looks like, you have to go looking for it. What places are new for you to start looking that I mentioned today? What are your looking practices look like? How often do we actually do this? 
How often are we actually in this practice, this routine? Question number three, what characteristics of Jesus' love are least familiar to you? We tend to zero it down. This is what love looks like from Jesus, being super, 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 super nice. What characteristics are new to you? I want to invite you to ask that question today and all the way through this study. Let us learn to love like Jesus because it is good. Let's pray. Gracious, holy God, you are so good, and you, you continually lead us forward, and you invite us to step off the page and stop trying to just follow the rules and, and meet all of the certain requirements and to instead follow you like your disciples did, like those who you healed, chased after you, like, like those who were uh, seeing your miracles and the ways that you provided for them, that you want us to, to chase after you, Lord, and to follow you and to live as you did and to love as you do, Lord. Let us, over the next weeks, grow in that sense. Lord, we can't do it on our own. Our meager efforts will not bring us there. Let us surrender to you and just, and just follow you and seek deep. And let your spirit, Lord, lead us and guide us in all these ways. Jesus, this is your day. This is your Sunday. This is your worship. We want to be your people so we thank you for this opportunity to start growing in that direction. We pray all of this in your name, Jesus. Amen.